This is a Sydney EO production. Welcome to episode 35 of the Sydney EO Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Jeff Downs from Redback Connect. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Brendan. How are you going? Pretty good. Now, I've got to admit I'm pretty intimidated coming in here today because you own a, a bunch of recording studios of, sh- of, of sorts. So yeah. tell us a little bit about Redback. It's a, we're, we're sitting in Pitt Street and we've got a whole floor in a building full of recording studios. Yeah, it's something that you wouldn't really uh, expect to see kind of at this end of town in, uh, you know, by the World Square. Um, we have four green screen studios uh, here and we've got a VC studio as well uh, in Sydney and I've got uh, another four in uh, Melbourne that we operate. And was Sydney and Melbourne strategic given that I guess about half the Australian population live in those two cities? Yeah, it is. Actually, uh, you know, I moved to Australia 12 years ago. Could have really located anywhere, but uh, I didn't move all this way to, you know, live in a city that reminds me of where I came from, and Melbourne reminds me a lot of Toronto. Okay. So uh, Sydney was the one for me. What what is the population of Toronto? Just as oh, of interest, it's growing like crazy now. So when I first came, it was about the same size as Sydney, and it's about fifty percent larger than that now. Oh wow! So over okay. the twelve years, it's grown crazy, and the uh, of course the traffic has grown exponentially as well. I'm hearing it's just insane getting around there now. Yep. So for twelve years, it looks like you've accomplished a lot. Like. How many staff are you employing? Yeah, right now we're about a little bit over 40. Okay. Uh, It seems bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, it does seem that way. (laughs) Certainly my (laughs) payroll feels like it is as well. (laughs) But, you know, what we're trying to do is really kind of right-size the staff. Um, Being in part, you know, with the digital events growing in my side of the business, I also need to get a lot of uh, part-timers or contractors in so that we can spike when we've got a lot of projects on the go. Got it. So we're trying to be flexible and nimble. And so what's the business model? Is it, a, is it a transactional business or do you have customers that are on a, I don't know, a monthly retainer where you've got to do X amount of projects per month? Yeah, no, we really try to make it uh, kind of pay as you go. Okay. Well, so we kind of have a philosophy here that we earn your business with every single conference that we do. Yeah. Uh, so that really keeps us sharp. Now, we do have... You know, with, with government and some large enterprises, they want to have contracts. So we will certainly enter into a contract when our clients want it. But we're good to go event by event. You're only as good as your last event, hey? It's totally the case. <laughs> it's really what it is. And I mean, the last thing you want to have is um, somebody that uh, they've lost the budget or whatever tied to doing these kind of things. I'd rather just uh, earn the business when it's delivered and... Yeah. Yeah, do it that way. And so tell me, let's rewind a bit. You So you said you arrived in Australia just 12 years ago. Mm, yeah. What was the journey to before that to decide that you wanted to start your own, I don't know, digital recording agency, yeah, so yeah, to speak? Yeah, it, what's, It's funny that we're actually referring to it as a digital uh, recording agency right now because it just shows how uh, you have to be nimble and how the businesses kind of morph over time. Um, 12 years ago... Probably even if you go back 14 years years ago, I'd sold my business and I had uh, quote unquote retired. Kids were really young. Yep. And we, my wife and I, took a couple of years. We traveled around a lot. What and was the last 
Because yeah. I remember you saying you've done quite a lot of I've, I've different done a lot things. Of, yeah, man. When I graduated from uni, I started a chain of grocery stores. I uh, did that for a number of years. Then I, I got into software recruiting. So I had a recruiting agency. I, the first time I ever even touched as a, com- a computer was when I opened up the uh, recruiting agency. So, okay. Uh, I was kind of making that one up as I went along. And then uh, from there, got into uh, professional sales. So I was working for Bell Canada, which is kind of like Australia's version or Canada's version of Telstra. Yep. I became a uh, national director of sales there. And I was uh, responsible for their conferencing business, so their teleconferencing business, that kind of thing. I really grew that quite a bit. And so that gave you a bit of an insight into what it could become. Right. I I thought there was a lot of opportunities to do things a little bit better. And so I went to the venture cap market. I raised some money. um, And I got that money while my wife, I'd taken a week off. And uh, my my wife was giving birth to her second child. And that's when I got the heads up that the money was in. So I took a week off with the the baby being born, went back, called my boss and told him that I was uh, quitting and going to open up a competing business. All oh, right. And yeah. is that Redback or? No, no. That was a, a, an audio teleconferencing business called Enunciate back uh, in Canada. Okay. And uh, I think timing is everything, man. And, and, and we really just hit the ground running. Yeah, so right. So that business grew, took off like a rocket. And three, and three years we had like 100 employees. We were the 12th fastest growing company in Canada and uh, sold the business to a billion dollar uh you know publicly traded uh, conferencing company so was that the strategy to get in and out like a speedboat and and yeah grow it and yeah yeah my wife always tells me i've got the attention span of a gnat (laughs) so (laughs) it's it's kind of five years get in get it up and get out you know and and that was my plan coming to australia by the way 12 years later so so you've broken the mold then you're 12 years in what what Uh, happened oh i think the mold broke me (laughs) oh right okay (laughs) you know i came here and i i a couple of things, I think, uh, you know, I, I just came in here and I figured it would be easy. You know, I'd rock in and uh, set up shop and, and I, you know, I, I told my investors that I would be uh, profitable within nine months. I don't know what I was thinking, but, you know, um, God bless them. They believe me. And uh, so I, was, yeah. I was just going to just rewind a mm. little bit. So that VC one that you sold. Yeah. How, how did that work? Like, did you... Do you give away most of the company and you retain a small amount or how does it work when VC Yeah, Because I think that'll be interesting for EOs. In that particular scenario, I didn't do so great. Okay. You know, and and in that particular scenario, I had 26% of the business. Okay. Um, So that's really all I had. So, But 26% of a big number would be okay. Would be not not too shabby. I mean, we sold it for 30 mil. Yeah. So... You know, it was it was good. It yeah. was good, especially yeah. in a short period of time. You know, yeah, it didn't take that long. Um, but you give up control. Yeah, you know, um, although it was my business and my idea and driving everything, I wasn't the guy in control. Right, I had a board that had uh, different uh, goals and aspirations than what I had. Um, and it, you're just you just become an instrument, I guess, of, of yeah. someone that helps them achieve their goals. Yeah, and although we were highly successful, it wasn't a lot of fun. I didn't particularly right. enjoy it all that much, to be honest with you. Yep. And I think that the business I've got now yep. is a direct reflection of my experiences there. It's, re- it's a reflection of a couple of different things, you know. But yep. but one of them was, like, if I'm going to do a business again, and, and by the way, I always like to have investors. I don't trust myself, right? So Well, that, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, yeah. You, 
you so you sold sold that last business. Yep. Clearly, you could have backed yourself. Yep. Why why bring on investors again? Uh, I think because I don't trust myself. I think I need to be accountable to somebody. I don't okay. want the business's money to be my money. I want it to be the business's money. Okay. I want to be accountable to a board. Okay. I want. Uh, external um, validation, you know, and external oversight to make sure that I answer to somebody. Otherwise, I just do what the hell I want. So so with, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like that. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Are, but so what sort of percentage did you have to, well, not give away, but what percentage yeah. did, you, did you sell to investors? Mm, uh, I sold 30%. I came in with 70%. Yep. Uh, today, I'm down to like 51%. Okay. So I... I it's because I, I don't know what the hell I was thinking when I came over. It took a little while longer to get going than I thought it was. Yeah. And so I needed to raise more money. Okay. Uh, and then I needed to borrow some money at one particular point. So all of that over that yeah. period of time cost me, you know, 20 some odd points of the business. Yeah. 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 And then so those original investors from 12 years ago, are they yeah. still in the business or have they cashed out? Or? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. You know, they're all part of the business except for the main one. I had one guy that had like 25%. Yep. Canadian guy. So so all the guys that invested were Canadian people that wanted to do stuff with me back in Toronto. Okay. And this was an opportunity for them to invest in it, right? So And you had a track record obviously. Yeah, exactly of being right. successful. That's right. And and so you know, there was various times where we wanted to do stuff and I can only do one thing at a time. So I wasn't going to, you know, operate multiple businesses with mm. multiple people or anything like that. So this was a good chance for me to work with a, a group of people. Um, and you're right, I could have put the money myself, but I, I like having that external accountability. So when I got here to Australia, probably about two, three years down the track, I realized I really want to have um, an Australian influence, you know. I got uh, Aussie board members, so I got independent members of the board. I fired myself as the uh, chairman of the board and got an independent uh, Aussie uh, chairman. He's still uh, the chairman of my board today. Oh, awesome! Yeah, he's he's a rock star. I love this guy. And he, and he's been in for the whole ride. He's, or he's been much? in for about nine years. Amazing. Yeah, no, he's he's just so good. He, he's a great guy. And so, in any event, I took the largest uh, Canadian shareholder, and I sold his shares to local uh, Aussie investors. Okay. And so, you know, the money didn't come into the business, the money went to him, but what I got was local investors. Okay. And then so how, how do they shape, like, I guess, how, how they shaped your growth over the last mm. dozen years? Well, I would suggest that what they've done is just kind of been a good sounding board for me. I haven't got a lot of um, business growth per se. I haven't got like direct customers or anything like mm. that out of that. I'm going to be creating an offshoot of the business in probably the next 12 months. And so one of my local Aussie investors will have a big part to play in that. Okay. He's... Um, He's kind of big in a particular niche that I want to get into, and so his name will have some cachet, and, and uh, uh, so so that's when it will be pretty helpful for me. And so that will be a, a new business, or will it be will it, the it, inv- existing shareholders of Redback also benefit in that? The, the, yeah, 100% they will. Again, I mean, I, I can't do like a bunch of side businesses yeah. and stuff like that, but it, it's an entirely different direction. Uh, it's an entirely different 
area that we're not quite in yet yeah. that we're going to get into. And it's a very specialized niche market uh, dealing with investor relations and that kind of thing. It's not, not podcasting, is it? <laughs> no, no, man. <laughs> I'm not going to steal your thunder. <laughs> That's for Jeez, sure. my competition, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I don't think, uh, I don't think I'd be able to compete with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're too kind, too kind. Yeah, I think it does get a bit messy when you've, I guess – you know, you're in business and you get ideas and then you go, oh, well, that part's mine and uh, yeah, it's yeah. just too, it's better just to be transparent, right? My shareholders have been amazing, right? Like yep. they've been along the ride for 12 years now. Um, they're just, they're good, good people. They've been supportive. Mm. Um, I don't know that this has been the best investment for them yet, you mm. know, the... Um, the environment that we're in today is dramatically different than the environment we were in when we started. Uh, but they've been supportive and they're, they're a good crew, so I'm lucky to have them. I mean, it's really, I would imagine it must be quite competitive with things like Zoom and even, you know, Skype where you can oh, yeah. you can more or less do free conferencing. Well, this or is Google it. as well. I mean, they're in it as well, aren't they? So well, look, I, I operate in a space where I generate millions of dollars a year in revenue selling stuff that people can do for free. Right. Right? So that means it's all about creating value. And the Skype for Business, the Zoom, that dramatically changed half my business. Half my business is that day-to-day collaboration, teleconferencing, web conferencing, video conferencing. Um, I was fortunate enough to anticipate that this is going to change pretty mm. dramatically a while ago, which is why I got into this digital event space, you know, this whole managed webinar studio kind of a space. So that that's really been able to help me quite a bit. But, you know, the, the Zooms of the world, Skypes of the world, it's killing half my business. Mm. I wouldn't say it's killing that That's the wrong word. It's not killing it. It's forcing me to be very, very creative, and and it's placing a limit on my um, top line revenue in that area, but allowing me to create extra value in other areas. So, it's it's making you innovate. Yeah, yeah, it is. Which we all have. To, we, I mean, we all have to do that as small business or medium sized business people. That. It's, it's, it's what's keeping me young, man. Young and good looking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And so, um, what what what's the future like? What what are you what are you looking to do with Redback now? And yeah, yeah. I think because um, you haven't been able to get in and out of this one, you you're in for the long ride. Well, I think I'm a lifer in this one. Yep. Besides, if I was heading back to Canada, I'd be flying solo. You know, <laughs> <laughs> my wife and my kids have become completely ossified. How, how, how old are your kids? Uh, Twenty, eighteen, and fifteen. Now they were eight, six, and three when we moved here. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. and actually my oldest boy's just gone back to Canada just to go to uni, so he's in Toronto going to uni right now. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So do you get back to Canada a bit? Well, now that he started school, I was back twice last year, and so probably annually. I'll go, I'll go at least once a year. Prior to him starting university, there was probably every two, three years, that kind of thing. And is your wife Australian? No, she's Canadian as well. We, oh. didn't, know, we didn't know a single person when we that, came to this that's country. That's amazing. Why Australia? It's, uh, well, you know, we took that couple of years off and we traveled around. And, yeah. and, and I think we came to Australia like, I would say, three times in that two-year space as uh, tourists. And we really, really liked it. Um, when we got back and, you know, my wife is a stay-at-home mom and I was cashed up. I was a stay-at-home dad. And I was cramping her style, and she said, "Like, you know, if <laughs> Jeff, you will you goddamn go and do something? If you, so don't, <laughs> if you don't get out and start earning the money and getting the job, I'm leaving you, man." Yeah. And, and I said, "Oh, that's not so good. So let's let's go to Sydney. We like Sydney. Yeah. So that's what we did. 
That's brilliant. I, I think I mentioned to you when we were having a chat the other night that my eldest son has got this fixation with Canada. He's only 12, but yeah, he's, yeah. He's, uh, he's made up his mind that he's moving to Canada as soon as he he's is old enough to do so. He's a wise but, young man. But like, you don't know anyone over there, so it's kind of like the reverse of you He'll guys. He'll do it in reverse. That's yeah. right. He'll open up a red back there. Yeah, apparently, life is fantastic over in Canada. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> if you're 12. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Um, yeah. So... Any plans for other studios in any other cities or, mm. is it, or is it not required? No, I think it is. You know, I, re- I really kind of think it is. So I think I like the idea of building the customer base and then going to move them. I don't believe in this. If you build it, they will come. Mm. I mean, they will come if you build it, but I don't want to pay for it and carry it and while I'm waiting for them to come. Jeez, I, I wish you would have told me that three weeks ago. I've just done that exact strategy. Of, I've yeah. opened a training center going, if they will build, if you build it, they will come. And yeah, so, so far it's working out, so it's okay. But Brendan's Field of Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the antithesis of that, yeah. right? I'm going to build up the customer base and then I'll go there. So I feel like there's opportunities like even here in Sydney, like at Macquarie Park, where there's a, that's a growing kind of uh, business area. Uh, certainly uh, Canberra. Um, I'd like to do one in New Zealand if possible. Yeah. Brisbane, just kind of capital city stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so typically clients will come into, it would have to be a CBD location, I take it? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the best, right? Uh, Other than, of course, Macquarie Park, but that would just kind of be a small satellite one, which I would do um, for that particular area. But you need to be there. So that creates issues for me as a business owner in that you're paying prime time, uh, real estate, you know, my overheads are ridiculous. You know, mm. we're, we're in my office right now, and you see like the common areas got to be really big and yeah. large kitchen, lots of facilities. I'll probably have. I, I walked in and thought it was like one of Google's offices. Yeah, but, no. you know, cafeteria <laughs> and video games and, yeah, you know, green walls. and It's Google light. Yeah. <laughs> Very light. Beautiful view. Yeah, it is a nice view. It's surprising, yeah. isn't it, from yeah. uh, up at this end of town? Yep. Yeah. 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 It's good. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the it's a tough thing. You've got to have the infrastructure to get the business, but it takes then a, it, it hits your margins. Yeah, you know, the thing is, this business, this part of the business I'm in, the digital events, where you where I should probably tell the people exactly what we do, really. You know, yep. so, so um, half the business is teleconferencing, web conferencing, video conferencing. So because of Zoom and Skype for Business, that kind of thing, we've got to do things differently, right? And so we've built a type of an application where at the scheduled day and time, everybody's phones ring and they're automatically connected. So it's like telecom- this is This is your tech that... Yeah, 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 like the day-to-day kind of stuff, right? So essentially it's... Uh, it gives people significantly easier for them to join, get in on a meeting. It increases the amount of uh, security because they see exactly who's connected. Mm-hmm. There's no entry-exit tones when they come in. There's no background noise or any of that kind of stuff. So if you're doing like a teleconference or a web conference or a video conference, it's a significantly easier way of doing it than a Skype for Business or a Zoom. Now, that doesn't really matter for the rank and file, right? They're still going to put up with the kind of inconvenience. But where that matters is for um, Mahogany Row in Enterprise Australia. So the CEOs, all the directors, that kind of thing, they don't want to go through all of this nonsense. So those guys are still doing traditional dial 1-800, enter a passcode and get on a teleconference. Because oftentimes they're going outside the corporate firewall and that kind of thing, right? 
It drives you nuts that. I mean, I recently had a client on Skype for business and, uh, you, may, you know, you call in, oh, can you hear me? No, I can't hear you. And, you you, you know, you're yeah. texting away and yeah. it's just so glitchy, the technology. Well, it kills the first five and ten minutes. And I don't mean to bag out Skype for business. I'm not bagging out any of my competitors. It's just a reality that when you're using this kind of stuff, you kill the first five or ten minutes. And so when it's free, if I'm using Zoom and it's free or whatever, or Skype and it's all just part of the... Uh, operating costs then what that means is as long as it's good enough yeah. right people will put up with no operator no assistance having to deal with it themselves if it's if i can't see the cost and it's good enough right mm. but the mahogany road the ceo level isn't going to do that. that they don't have time for that so the application that we're building while it can be used for anybody Right? And there's a lot of people where Zoom or Skype for Business isn't for them, and they can make use of it. It'll be mainly geared towards the exec, the executives and that kind of stuff, right? So we've just launched it right now. It's probably been on the market for about two months, three months, and to really rolling it out to my customers um, and going quite well there. Um, we're just fine-tuning, getting a marketing, and then we'll really hammer that kind of executive level. So that's the half the business. That's a day-to-day collaboration business. Can that, can that be a monthly rental? It can be. It can be. The reality is for those guys, um, they're not so worried not about using the cost. They're not using it on a daily basis? or uh, They probably are using it a fair amount, which is why I'd probably rather get a rate per minute. On a consumption base, it would be more effective for me personally. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, the growth of our business, though, is the digital event space, right? So that's uh, we go in and we'll manage businesses' um, webinar programs. So we have a platform. Mm. Um, and But what we recognize is that people in out here are suffering from webinar fatigue. All, all of our listeners here are probably invited on one or two webinars every single day. Right? Oh, wow. Like, okay. like it's so prevalent out there, right, that um, one webinar blends into another and people are just, it, it's difficult to create value with the webinar. So we will do a number of things. You know, our webinars through our studios or whatever, it's kind of like a TV show yep. right, with green screens and <coughs> a news desk. It's, it's really high, high, and it's entirely different from a normal um, webinar that w- you would see. And what that does is it allows you, if you were the cons- if you were the customer, allows you to stand out from the crowd, allows you to get your message across, but most importantly, allows you to engage with your audience yep. a lot more than it normally would. And that's the only reason why anyone ever does a webinar. And then also, I guess, for customers, they're creating content that can be used at a later, later well, date. Exactly right. And so what we do then is we, so we're also consultants. So we work with our clients to maximize their investment, right? We'll, yep. we'll train the presenters how to present online. We'll show them how to market, we'll do the marketing for them. We'll increase the number of participants that they get either live yep. or more importantly now because you hit the nail on the head. Yep. If the content is created, it's after the fact. You know, people consume a webinar like you consume TV. Yep. How many of us actually sit there and wait at 7 o'clock and click yeah. on the thing we watch it when we want, right? Yeah. And that's the same thing with webinars. So yep. we'll manage organizations' entire programs for them, and that's really the growth. That part of our business is probably growing 20 25% year on year. Once you add the podcasting in, it'll be like the cherry on top. Well, there'll be no stopping us. If you know any good <laughs> podcasters, let me know, will you? <laughs> Okay, well, look, we're going to wrap up the interview yeah. now, Jeff. Um, right. Just five short questions for you. Yep. How old are you? 62. Well, almost 62. How many hours sleep are you getting each night? I would say maybe four to six. Four to six? Yeah. 
Jeez. On a good day, six. Okay. Um, That's not uninterrupted, though. <laughs> that, that could be like blocks of two hours. Right. Okay. Um, what do you like to do to keep fit? Uh, I, I go to the gym. I'm, I've started going to the gym on a daily basis. Okay. Do you have any personal goals you're looking to achieve in the next 12 months? I would just suggest, you know, this is a really kind of airy-fairy goal. It, it would really be just stay happy, stay connected with my wife, you know, mm. watch my kids continue to develop. I, I absolutely love what I'm doing. But like, I just love coming to work every single That's day. That's awesome. Right? So that would be my goal is just to continue that, continue growing, continue developing that, mm. um, continue investing in my staff and stuff like that. I've had four people that have put through MBA programs. And oh, it's amazing. Just, uh, for me, that's my biggest buzz is just watching young people come in, develop, grow, and do other stuff. So it's good. And then finally, do you have a, um, like something in business you would like to be remembered for? Like a legacy. Yeah, I think it would really be that I created businesses where my employees felt it was the best place they've ever worked at in their life. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's a good good uh, aspiration or goal to have. So, This is a reaction to my stuff back in Canada with the other guys, yeah. right? Where, yeah, 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 fair, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. And then finally, if people want to find out a little bit more about um, you and Redback, mm. what's your website? Redbackconnect.com.au. Okay, Jeff, thanks very much for coming on the show today. Thanks, Brendan. 